Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Rap and Wrestle Podcast. You know me. I am Derek. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube, at Rap and Wrestle. Today is a very special day. Got a very special guest with me, the Black Pope himself, the new NWA television champion, Elijah Burke. How you doing today, man? How's it going? Oh, man, everything is good in the hood, as we like to say, where Pope comes from. But it's another day above ground, if you understand what I'm saying. So it's a perfect day to be here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, pleasure to have you on. Um, very excited. Uh, I know you're uh, very excited as well. You know, the newly crowned NWA television champion. Um, can you just, you know, there's names like Jake Roberts, Kevin Solomon, uh, Tony Atlas, how does it feel just to be a part of that, you know, exclusive list of guys who have held that prestigious title? Well, uh, it actually means the world to me. It actually means the world. Understand what I'm telling you, okay? It, it means that much because when you talk about the NWA television championship, uh, and, 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 and certainly during the time of NWA's height, when they were at the, 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 the pinnacle of what the NWA would become and what it still uh, uh, remains in the history of professional wrestling, um, when you talk about the likes of those who you mentioned, but then you go a little further up and you talk about, you know, once the transition happened from Mid-Atlantic to, to NWA and to WCW and whatnot, you talk about Dusty Rhodes. You know, that's the first person that I go to the list on because of what he meant and what he means to me to this very day. Yeah. But then you also have to talk about the guys that made that title or the guy that made that title what it is, and that's Double A Arn Anderson. Yes. And, and and then, you know, to be working alongside with the resurgence of NWA power and to be working alongside and sharing a locker room with Nikita Koloff, another guy who held that title. Uh, the title is very prestigious because everybody that has held that title is is and was a major player uh, in the game of professional wrestling, in the history of professional wrestling. The NWA title was so prestigious that it was the title that, that everybody gunned for, that everybody wanted to hold. That title was only second uh, um, to Ric Flair holding the Globe title and then later on the Big Gold. So it's, uh, it's very, um, it's very uh, thrilling to be able to now be listed in that category. And what I plan to do is to take that title and because oftentimes people get a hold of a title and it, it, it loses its luster, you know, such as was the case with a Ziggy Dice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it, it, you, you, you go, wait a minute. You know, what, what is this guy? You know, so uh, kudos to him and, and, and to the pandemic that, that put him, you know, made him a champion for as long as he was because yeah. certainly that would have never been the case and never would have happened without the inclusiveness or the inclusion of the pandemic so he has a lot to think uh, uh be thankful for uh when it comes to the pandemic coming ab aboard but uh i plan to make that title what it you know the title is obviously made but i want to take that title and, and and put it back to the forefront of things 
in the NWA. Yeah, no, and um, definitely have a lot of faith that you will definitely do that, just knowing and seeing who you are for sure. And, um, you know, NWA as well has just had, like you said, a great resurgence, and um, there's a lot of great things going on in NWA, and you being a part of that is just a, a big boost to that as well. Um, you know, one thing about you that I've always loved about you since I first, uh, you know, saw you wrestling um is you are i would probably say hands down one of the greatest talkers in the business today um is there anyone that you give credit for that or is that just something natural uh natural gift that you've had since you know whenever uh, well the, 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 that's kind of a double-edged question right there because i always tell people and uh you know unless you're living under a rock um while i'm elated and uh, that people understand and respect and point out the capability of Pope when it comes to talking and cutting promos and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I'm also uh, elated in the same manner when people draw the comparisons to the American Dream Dusty Road, uh, not trying to be Dusty by a long shot, uh, but obviously Dusty's influence shows through, you know, my promo and through some of my work. Obviously, as I often pay tribute to him, some of the stuff I do is straight dusty. It's from 1988, 89, and so forth, you yeah, know? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, I tell people you cannot teach one to have the gift of gab. Either you have it or you don't. You can structure a promo for someone to cut, but you can't teach someone how to cut the promo and to deliver it in, in a fashion in such a way that it conveys emotion and elicit emotion from those whom you're speaking to. So when it comes to cutting promos, uh, I, I, I took my study from the Dusty Rose. I studied the Ric Flair, and I didn't really have to study them because I grew up on them, the Arn Anderson and the Jake. So there are times where Pope's going to lose his swag. And I'm going to I'm just going to drop it down a couple of notches and I'm going to talk to you straight up like this. So, you, you know, you just watch the grace, man. You watch the grace, you study the grace and it teaches you how to how to give a little, how to pull back a little and how to take take the folk on an emotional uh, roller coaster ride during the delivery of your promo. But as far as talking goes, uh, Pope came out of the womb talking daddy. <laughs> definitely i believe that for sure <laughs> um you know something you know you're you're also one of the very few that you know when you do a a, a multiple roles like you're good at all of them um so you know you've done managing you've done commentary of course you we've seen you in the ring doing wrestling uh is there for you is there one you prefer or are they all just kind of like you get enjoyment out of each one individually I, I think that's key. And, and, and look, man, um, Derek, thank you, man, for all of the stuff that you are mentioning here. I, I really do appreciate it. I don't take any of the stuff you said or how you view me for granted. So, uh, for granted. So thank you. Yeah. But, um, to answer your question, man, look, I enjoy it all. Uh, I enjoy it all in, in, in its own way. Um, never want to, you know, as a wrestler, you'll never want to stop performing. Um, so wrestling is always, you know, as far as being in the ring, being physical, that's always the first love, you know, because you never want to 
uh, leave that behind, the adrenaline rush that you get from it, even though we're in a, a family's era right now for the most part. But um, it's just great. It's just something that allows you to exert your energy and to perform and, and, and deliver your craft in a way um, that is tied into an artist's join their art a, a artist will die an artist they will never stop wanting to draw or, or, or you know convey their thoughts on a on a piece of paper or a mat or, or whatever it may be because that's what they love to do so we as entertainers in that ring we're the same way we're, we're artists and and that's why you see some of the guys like demolition today who don't need to wrestle one bit with the wrestler. Uh, you know, hacksaw Jim Duggan, we know his story, but when you see guys like that, you just, you're going to die that when you love this business, you're going to die, you know, doing this business. You never want to truly walk away from what you love and you're going to want to paint. You're going to want to go out there and paint on that canvas and create art so that people can have enjoyment from what you've created. Yeah, but I loved it all. I loved it all. Also, I love the commentary, obviously. Uh, look, I I was taught that it's great to have it's great to have um, many trades under your cap. So, you know, I, I want to be able to in this business, you know, I, I wear many hats, you know, down to FEW, Fight Revolution Wrestling in Miami, Florida, you know, down there, you know, I, I'm a matchmaker, I'm a producer, you know, I, I, I do that stuff because that's what I love, you know, to, to do commentary when I need to do commentary. I love that stuff, you know, because uh, when you're in this business, you don't want to just be relegated to one role. You want to be, you know, a, a, a jack of many trades, you know, that's what you want to be, uh, you know, jack of many trades you know and then and, and that's basically what i've done and what i'd love to continue to do even in the managerial aspect of things because if, if another place comes calling they say hey you know we know you can do this but we want you for this purpose and great and i think that's the cool part about being uh uh you know multifaceted in those areas yeah definitely definitely totally agree with that um you know just like we're talking we we said you're a man of many talents um, but do you possess any talents outside of the ring that don't relate to wrestling that anyone would uh, not necessarily know that you possess? Well, uh, that depends. If you're asking one of post future former baby mama, then <laughs> they might say differently. But <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But uh, if you're talking about one that can be shared, then certainly, uh, you know, obviously everybody knows a Pope's boxing background. Yeah. Um, we know that. Uh, Pope's an artist in his own right, you know. Uh, I still have plenty of material from my uh, high school and college days that I hold on to. And every now and then, if I want to... Uh, you know, draw something, I can do that. And, and as I've shared on uh, my YouTube channel, Pope TV for you, that's Pope TV, the number four letter U. Uh, you know, I, I shared a, a scene from backstage one day where I decided to get on the piano and, and belt out a little gospel tune, you know. So, um, yeah, Pope, Pope, Pope got the piano, you know, I, I play by ear. You know, keyboard, organ, take your pick. And uh, Pope can drop a couple of notes here and there, too, if he chooses to. 
Oh man, see that that's pretty impressive. I know that's uh not an easy uh trait to learn for sure. Um when it comes to the the art, have you ever um done like any of your own like uh logos or any artwork for t-shirts or anything like that? Um in the, in the later years, no. In the beginning stages, you know, when I first broke in, yeah. But now being, you know, being a pope and all, you know, I can just reach out, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I got, I got I got folk that does that stuff for me now. Uh, and and one of the guys' name is Andy Santos, and Andy Santos uh, is the uh genius behind dream match wrestling and you can go to instagram and find him and we just released as a matter of fact yesterday at 7 p.m we just released an exclusive limited time offer on the uh pope uh album cover gold t-shirt to commemorate myself uh becoming the new nwa world television champion so that's pretty cool man if you guys can check that out uh you know it's just it's gonna be limited once they once you stop printing they're done yeah that's awesome definitely uh make sure that you uh purchase one of those and support the pope for sure um you we talked about also your uh your boxing background which we all know about um, you know, you were doing boxing and then you, you know, transitioned over to, uh, wrestling and I want to say 2004. Um, how was that transition from you going from being inside a boxing ring to, you know, kind of a completely different skill set of being in a wrestling ring? Well, it was actually 2003, but you didn't know of me until 2004, so we'll take that. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was very hard. It was hard in the in, in, in the sense that it, you were coming from a real world and going into a world of entertainment. So just the aspect, if not anything else being learned or being unlearned, the aspect of learning how to throw a work punch versus the boxing punches that I was used to throwing and the real punches that my dad had. You know, hell, I, I grew up fighting. You know, I grew up fighting almost every day of my life. And I know you hear people say that, but no, I'm dead behind serious. I grew up fighting all the time. And um, uh, becoming a boxer was just a, a natural progression um, that kind of came from that end. And um, going over into the world of wrestling entertainment, it was just, uh, okay, I was scared to throw punches. I'm not going to lie to you. So it was hard for me to learn. I would take the dummy, and I would continue to punch on those dummies and whatnot. And if I felt I hit the dummy too hard, then I know it's going to hurt, you know, when I hit somebody else. Yeah. So so in the early stages of my career, if you go back and watch, you'll see that I threw a lot of forearms. And I still throw forearms today, and that's just – that's not because I can't throw punches. I, I put my punches up against anybody in the business. But I won't throw punches because I won't waste my punches. Because when I hit you with a punch, it's going to mean something. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. That definitely a uh, good, um, you know, thinking behind that. Um, yeah. Have you ever... That's psychology, brother. That's psychology. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I mean look, look at what you're watching today uh, on any channel. Mm-hmm. Now watch the amount of punches that are thrown and the guy either no sells it or barely sells it, but then all of a sudden they get chopped and they're hopping up and down True. like a kill. Yeah. So you mean to tell me I a guy can hit you in the face, I'm doing the little rabbit fingers right here, the quotation fingers. Uh-huh. He can hit he can hit you in the face 
and, and, and throw you off the rope after that, there's no big deal. But you get chopped in the corner, you start hopping all the way to the other corner. Yeah. Because it just kills you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know why? Why is that? It's because the chop is real. Yeah. So it stinks like hell. Yeah. But it just tells every, everybody else that's watching that that punch is fake. Got you. Now nah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, you know, for for you, have you ever since starting wrestling, have you ever had any of that uh any passion to, you know, get back in a boxing ring and to like pursue that? Oh no. 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 Not at all. I hated boxing. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, I only I only boxed because it was it was a thrill for me. It was a way for me to uh let out my creative flow. If you understand what I'm saying, I was going out to the boxing ring with boys around my neck. I was going out to the ring just like Flair when I was fighting guns and hoses, you know, for the sheriff's department. I mean, I had legit roles and I have a legit role uh, still that one of these days I might break out as a homage to my early years. Uh, I just went out to entertain the crowd. I did not like hurting people. I did not like knocking people out. I didn't like that. You know, I remember I remember knocking a guy out so bad he once he landed it looked like one of those uh things where somebody was murdered and the police goes and they spray the paint to yeah. out, to out around the body yeah and i and i went down and i stood there with him i checked on him and i stayed there when the ambulance came because i don't like to hurt people you know hence the reason you know i got a charity i love helping people i don't like hurting people and when you're doing the boxing there's a real high percentage that somebody can get hurt and um, there's a there's a young man earlier this year or, or late last year who was boxing a friend of mine, a friend of a friend of mine, and um, he he just he took a bad blow on HBO. Yeah, he took a bad blow and he went down. He went into an immediate coma. And this dude had so much going for himself: good looking brother, smart brother, intelligent brother, uh, uh, great boxer, charismatic. One punch changed that man's life. Well, it didn't just change it. It changed those who loved him life, but it ended his. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry to hear about that for sure. Um, you know, with, with you also, you know, when you were in the WWE, um, the thing they promoted were that you were, uh, I want to say the record was 103 and 1. How Was that really legit true that you had 103 wins and knocked out 102 people? Ninety-eight and one is the legit record. Okay, ninety-eight and one. But come on, ninety-eight. Something about not reaching a hundred, you know, and <laughs> something about that hundred that just sounds so much better. So uh, when I got with WWE, that ninety-eight and one just got inflated to one hundred two and one, to be exact. So um, you know, and if you count the times where I knocked out two people in one night. You know, certainly it's it's more than one or two. There's time, you know, there are times where I did did these tough man fights, man. That was called Thunderdome, mm-hmm. and you know, it's two on two or it's three on three. Oh man! You know, it, yeah, man. It was like it was it was literally tag team, and and then if everybody survived towards the end, then then all six members of the team would get in. And there were times where I did knock out, you know, two guys, you know, in one fight. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's pretty- so I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying that the record is not legit. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying maybe they took some of my, you know, they took some um, flexibility there and added in some of the other stuff. 
Okay. Yeah. No, that's still a legit record. <laughs> so I don't think anybody should mess with you on that one. Um, yeah. Well, and, and then when you're going in, when you're going into something like that, you know, I'm the type, especially back then, you know, they knew what I was doing, but here's my VHS. Here's some, here's my fights. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Take a look, you know, because they don't want to promote that and then not be legit. Yeah. Of you course. know, so, so, you know, if you're going to go with, with, with Elijah Burke and, former amateur boxer whatever then you you want to know that you're saying what's legit yeah no for sure i could i could definitely i won't blame them on that um you know also being a part of the wwe um i think for for all of us who just being fans as children um we all have that vision of seeing ourselves at wrestlemania fighting you know whoever in the main event What what was it like to actually yep. be a part of a uh, a WrestleMania event? Go back, watch WrestleMania uh, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, twenty seven, twenty three. I might have said twenty seven on another interview actually. <laughs> but go <laughs> go back and watch WrestleMania twenty three, man. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll see when I come down there with the new breed. Once we get in the ring, man, you are going to see. Um, Matt Stryker, I think, in the ring right now, uh, wrestling at that particular time. He's going to be in the ring wrestling, and I, if the camera's going to catch me, and I'm just looking behind me, mm-hmm. and I'm looking all the way around Ford Field. When you talk about the fact that here's a young guy just got to WWE a year later, he's on the second biggest WrestleMania crowd-wise, second biggest WrestleMania to date, because the only crowd that was bigger than Fort Phil was the reported crowd for Pontiac Silverdome, Hogan versus Andre at that time. <laughs> yeah. So this particular time, we're the second largest crowd and, and, and for WrestleMania, and I'm just blown away because... Never in my life did I think this little uh, Afro-headed black kid from Jacksonville, Florida mm-hmm. would actually be walking down a WrestleMania ramp, getting in a WrestleMania ring, dealing with the press and all everything that came with it. It was mind-blowing, man. And uh, it, it was just something that I just, you know, was very grateful and, and, and gave thanks to the big man upstairs for. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a great moment. I can only imagine the feelings of being there uh for sure um also um you wrestled literally like all over the world do you have any place for you that's like a a favorite whether it's in the u.s or outside of the country uh favorite place to wrestle no i don't have a favorite place to wrestle i wouldn't say that i would say that my favorite place that i went while wrestling and touring around the country um uh, was new zealand um i had a blast over and uh, you know what i'd actually say europe europe um just wrestling in the uk yeah uh yeah the fans in the uk are 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 great man they're great They're, they're 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 live they're alive, they're passionate, and, 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 and easy, easy to, um, you know, um, you don't deal with a lot of the um, so-called armchair bookers over here in the States. You know, uh, a lot of guys in the States now because of the Internet, because of these podcasts and YouTube shows, now they, they, they feel like they know what's best for the show or what should happen. But um, you go over to the UK, man. They're just thrilled to have you, and 
and and they just want to enjoy it. They're not necessarily trying to hijack the show. They just want to enjoy it and be entertained. And so I do love going to the UK, but my favorite place was uh, actually New Zealand. Um, it's just so beautiful over there, man. The, just, gosh, the ride. I think we had like a 16, 18-hour flight, though. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, other than that horrifying experience, <laughs> you know, um, it, was, it was great. I also enjoyed when I went to Thailand. You know, anytime that I'm able to, 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 to go to places uh, that are that I'm unfamiliar with, I, I generally, generally enjoy. And um, there's two more places that I got to check off the bucket list, believe it or not, mm-hmm. and that's uh, China and South Africa. But every state I've been to in the United States, I've been to several places around the world, and um, I just look forward to going to those two now. Oh, man, definitely. I, I hope you accomplish those soon. Um, you know, something I was also very impressed with, um, I, I saw that you were a, a correctional officer and that you have a degree in criminal justice. Um, did you ever, uh, is there a, a type of career that you want to pursue or, you know, what was your reasoning behind, uh, you know, pursuing that degree? Well, first off, don't, 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 let Wikipedia guide you in the question here because that's inaccurate. While I was a corrections officer, I was a dual certified officer, so I okay. became a JS. I was an officer uh, for the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. Oh, I never nice. got my own. Yeah, I never got my own car because that was during my fifth year transition of going to the street. But I left and went to Ohio Valley Wrestling instead, which yeah. is crazy, right? So, um, no, that was that was that was it. The only career that I ever envisioned having having was to become a professional wrestler. That was my dream, and that was my that's what I sought after. However, I I kind of uh, went into the law just following. I needed something to do out of high school. I was one of the youngest guys, if not the youngest guy on the force at the time. And, uh, you know, I graduated, uh, went to college. Well, no, I graduated, started college, and just went straight to the uh, police academy. Oh, wow. Oh, man, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty interesting. That's a, uh, a tough job to try to pursue as well. And uh, I only can imagine yeah. what you had to do to uh, succeed at that. Especially when you're seeing the half of your neighborhood in there, right? Oh, I, I bet it's, that's even harder. <laughs> <laughs> half of your childhood friends coming up in there, you know, like, oh, jeez, God dang it. Oh man. Well, I mean, do you think do you do you think you know from a policing standpoint, was it easier for you being from that neighborhood, and you know, less? Would you feel like it's less altercations? They're seeing like, oh, it's, you know, that's Pope, so I'm not gonna it, give him a hard time. It depends. It depends. Um, several guys, uh, specifically speaking of corrections right now, several guys when they were coming to jail is, man, I always knew you would make something of yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I always knew you were just something about you, blah, blah, blah. So uh, you got that type. And then you got the other type that blue is blue. They don't care how you look. Gotcha. You know, they don't care where you're from. Blue is blue. And, and, and some see that as a sellout because you're working and making an earnest living and you're not committing crime and doing things that they're doing that's landing them behind bars that I have to tell them when they can eat and when they can go sleep. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like 50-50, you know, but once you get to the street, it's totally different because you have uh, so much more freedom to roam about. When you're working inside the, the local jail or whatnot, the county jail, you're kind of stuck there with everybody. 
but on the street it's a little differently and yeah you have more flexibility to roam your community and um and, and be an inspiration yeah definitely definitely agree with that um you know so outside of, of wrestling um you know we kind of touched on your talents but for you like like what does the pope do when he's not wrestling like do you have what hobbies is music that you like sports tv shows what does the pope do when he's not wrestling well, again, uh, if folks not doing a form of future baby mama, then certainly <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm just, I mean, it just depends who you're asking, you know? You ask them, it might be different. But other than that, other than that, man, I, I, I'm just I'm just a normal guy, man. I'm an average guy. I'm a Madden guy, too. Sometimes I like to, I like to stay shut in for a day or so and, and don't go nowhere and just stay in and go to my man cave and play some mag and, yeah. and watch the movies and just kind of be abstract from the world and everything that's going on especially in times like these especially through the civil unrest you know it's like you just want to escape it all i'm a big cartoon guy i love my animation you know so i'm, I'm likely to throw on a uh, pets or pets too or or a family guy cleveland show american dad boss burger take your pick you got that so i'm one of those type of guys i i i, I love the imagine the imagination i love uh how the mind has the ability that while you're in the midst of hell it can make you feel like you're in heaven definitely definitely uh when it comes to madden Who's your uh, go-to team that you're using if you're playing against somebody? Uh, well, well, up until 17, when they pulled the rug from underneath me, it was Ma it was Manning and the Broncos. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a huge Manning guy. I think he's the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Yeah. Um, um, through his yeah, and we ain't got time to argue. So you you saying yes, yeah, the right thing you, for you to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't even gonna go there. I just let I just let it go. <laughs> uh, exactly. New Yorkers, New Jersey guys. I don't have time for that. But now we're talking about your man, and then that's we can agree. Oh we man, we can agree. But we talking about Peyton. Peyton is just uh, his preparation, his accuracy, his his ability to read a team and opt out of, you know, you just, you, you have never, nor will you see another like that. We see a little bit of it from, from with Tom Brady when he's from time to time, but that was Peyton's go-to, but I love Peyton Manning. Um, and I love playing with the Broncos, but, uh, and, and obviously you can email or tweet Kofi and ask him how bad Pope would beat him with Peyton Manning. Oh, and before man. that, <laughs> and before that, I think it was, I was beating him with Donovan McNabb. You know, and the Eagles, and and then um, I think that's what I used to beat him with. But in these later years, I just started using Peyton Man and, and just killed him. And um, he finally got the little one win, one win. Ten years, he gets one win, and it just so happens to be recorded. So yeah, I know <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. But it was my first time playing, and I don't play PlayStation. It was the first time playing the new Madden, and um, I don't play. Play PlayStation, but you know, I kind of got was getting the hang of it, but he got me, and um, I, I it is what it is, I get him back, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so for you, I'm, I'm gonna wrap it up with this question, um, because I, I saw you know what you were doing, uh, as well. You were talking about the charity, um, you're the founder and president of the Love Alive charity. Um, could you just tell the fans what that's about, and you know, what's your mission with that that you're trying to accomplish? 
Well, Derek, I appreciate you asking about that. Uh, my Love Life charity is a charity that uh, I started back 2011-12. Uh, you know, as a kid, I was walking to the grocery store, and, and I was going to school, and there was just homelessness all around me, man. Everywhere you turn, there was just homeless people. Sometimes it was scary because, you know, as a kid, you look at them and you think they're zombies. But... Um, to grow up and to see it get worse, not get better, is something that troubled my spirit, man. It troubled me. And as I was able to move up and and make uh, gradual increases in in, in my, you know, life, uh, I wanted to find a way to be the difference maker, to, to play my part in being different. And we see that we're in the middle of an election now, and this is election month, and we're in, we see all these people come out and say they're going to do this, they're going to do that. But somehow, some way, the homeless is always forgotten. Yeah. They're always forgotten. So I just came. Uh, one day, I decided I was going to do something. It started as a PIMP movement, Positively Influencing Many People movement. And um, what we do with my charity, the Love Alive Charity, is we cater to, we help, we assist uh, impoverished communities, uh, the women in the women's shelters, and just homeless individuals and families. And we gather every, uh, uh, our annual event is coming up on January the 9th, 2021. And what's so cool about this, Derek, is we feed, we don't feed them uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, cold cuts, soup. No, we feed them directly out of the local Burger King. And mm-hmm. Burger King works side by side with us to make sure that they're bringing the food out hot. We have clothes for them. We got shoes for them. We got blankets for the guys that are on the streets. We got all of the essential needs and, and hygiene products for the men as well as the women and their sanitary needs. Uh, we got book bags and toys for the kids, and the book bags are filled with all of the uh, essential tools to help them become uh, academically successful during the school. So uh, we just do what we can to play our part. And that's the thing that I like to say is simply to be the change that you wish to see in the world. That's a quote from Gandhi. So if anybody's listening, you can go visit love-alive.org. And I tell people, a dollar makes a difference. We have 500, 400, 600, give or take people standing in a line just to receive a hot meal and to possibly obtain, you know, something that can be useful for them. So visit love-alive.org and donate today, or you can donate by Cash App, Money Sign, the Love Alive Charity. Awesome. That's a a great cause to, you know, be combating and um I definitely salute you for that. For sure. Good a good good thing to uh fight. Um you know, for you personally, if uh fans want to, you know, keep up with what you're doing, they want to see you keep accomplishing these great goals that you're accomplishing, uh where would they be able to find you on social media? Well, Daddy, unless you want me to start rapping right here, I'll try to hold it down and keep it quick. But <laughs> no, I, 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 and I always say that because I appreciate you for asking, uh, man. So uh, anybody that wants to follow your boy Pope, do so uh, at the Black Pope on Instagram and Twitter at D A 
Black Pope. You can follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Elijah Burke, my real name. Also, if you want to uh, follow my charity, you can do that, the Love Alive charity on Instagram and and Facebook, as well as Love Alive Inc. on Twitter. Um, so, uh, uh, guys, I appreciate you. If you come over and check me out, hit me up. Tell me, let me know that you heard it from Rapping Wrestling Podcast, and I'll be sure to make you a priority as well. And head over to YouTube, Pope TV for you. Pope TV, the number four letter U. I got some cool videos over there you guys will surely enjoy. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, uh, Elijah, the Black Pope, I am so thankful for you to do this for me and to come on and, you know, answer my questions. I really appreciate you taking this time out and joining me on this show, man. Well, I tell you what, man, I thank you for having me. I also thank you for taking the time out uh, to not just tell people about the Love Alive charity, but to also play a part in being the difference in what you wish to see in this world by donating to the Love Alive charity. So we appreciate you for doing that very much, Derek. Definitely, definitely. Um, definitely make sure you guys, you know, donate, help out for this great cause. Make sure you follow the poll. Check out all the great things he's doing. I uh, know there are plenty more great things ahead for him for sure. Um, for me, you can follow at Rap and Wrestle on uh, iTunes, YouTube, at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure you follow, subscribe, like, all that good things. And for this episode, it's Derek with the Pope, and we both are out.